Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the OSIN Curious Webcast Podcast. I am one of our hosts for this. My name is Micah Hoffman. I wanted to welcome you. Also, I wanted to introduce you to my cast of friends that are going to be on here helping me uh, do this. Sector 035, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> um, Nico. Hi, the chosen guy here. Cool. And Ritu, our special guest and new advisory board member. Congratulations. Yay. Say hey. hi to everybody, Ritu. Hey, everyone. How's it going? You also might know her as OSINT Techniques, and um, this episode is going to be a cool one because we're going we're gonna to actually interview uh, Ritu and talk a little bit about her background, some of the cool things that she's been doing with the within the world of open source intelligence. Before we get started, I did want to welcome our wonderful participants that are joining us live, OSINT Geek, MW OSINT, and ginger tea welcome back to some of you and welcome to the rest of you that haven't been here we're gonna um actually uh nico sector do you have anything you want to start out with or should we i have an announcement i want to kind of do real quick i think we should do that one yeah we yeah, do the absolutely. announcement okay all right um let me share this out one of the things I wanted to just mention, and we at the OSINT Curious Project uh, have thought long and hard about this, is we wanted to announce the the new advisory board members that have come and, and, and joined our group th uh, this month. We have three new ones, and they are on our About page. I scroll down here to our advisory board members. We have Matthias Wilson. Matthias, or MW OSINT, as you might know him on Twitter, um, he is actually one of our frequent viewers. He's on now but not speaking um he's on now so welcome to him welcome to nick's intel another amazing ocenter that um, i look forward to to reading his blog posts all the time and of course ritu gill here ocent techniques so welcome to all three of you and in our next webcast in a couple weeks there'll be some more people that are going to be joining as well so stay tuned yeah for that good stuff yeah well, um, so let me go ahead and just uh, bring up the Twitter page for our guest, new advisory board member. Uh, you might know her as OSINT Techniques or from her really kind of cool website that is, is one of these aggregated websites of a huge number of techniques and tools and blogs. Um, Ritu Gill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Micah. Happy to be here. Cool. And connected with you, uh, wonderful people. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have you here. Um, would you uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, like how you got into OSINT and maybe how you're using it uh, nowadays? Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> how I got into OSINT is, so I, I currently work for, uh, I work for law enforcement in Canada. Um, I do OSINT type of work. Um, I can't get into details, of course. But that's kind of where I started as well. Um, I used to work for the RCMP, uh, which is our national police force in Canada, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and worked for them for uh, 12 plus years. Uh, and then I moved on to another agency. Um, and there's always so many different ways you can use open source intelligence uh, in your investigations. And I found over the years, uh, just building up on the experience and really learning from the OSIC community as well. Um, I've learned tons from other people. Um, that was uh, one of the things. So th that's pretty much how I started with OSINT uh, is, is my uh, full-time job. Um, and then it was a lot of my own time as well, uh, spending reading uh, articles and reading about all the cool things that can be done, all the different techniques, um, and just trying to absorb and then practice, practice, practice. Uh, you know, what what I read about or, you know, what I learned online, that kind of stuff. So let me ask you this. Uh, there's, what I've seen is there's like two different paths to get into OSINT. One is the, hey, you're somebody that's good at Googling. Why don't you go ahead and do this? And then you kind of expand on what your, your organization knows as OSINT. The other one is, you know, I, I seek a job in open source intelligence that's going to do these things. It sounds like you maybe um, were somebody that was already good with finding things on the internet or 
Um, did you have other computer skills that, that helped you transition into OSINT or it was just a natural kind of flow in your career? I would say it was, I kind of grew up with computers, so I was always pretty quick on the keyboard and that kind of stuff, um, but it was kind of a natural progression. Um, I always wanted to be some sort of analyst, uh, just because I've, I've always worked for the government. So initially when I started out, that's of course not what I did, but I just built up my experience. And uh, once I started getting my feet wet, um, that's when I started dabbling into OSINT. Um, but I would say my comfort with computers and the internet or the interwebs, uh, it was that that's what kind of set me, kind of set the path as well to get me really comfortable with that. Um, for me, my background, like education, I'm not, I'm not a technical person. I have a bachelor's in criminology. Um, so that's, that was my, uh, that's how I started off. And then after that, looking for, looking for a job and, you know, see what I see what I could find out there. Cool. And Nico always has a question he likes asking our guests. Oh yeah, I do. Um, so um, what? <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, I, I now I'm lost. <laughs> I lost the question. I lost the question. <laughs> no. Um, seriously. Um, listening at your story, you have been doing open source intelligence for a few years now, uh, at least I think. I guess. Um, what do you want to get better at, OSINT wise? I would. That's a that's a great question. Uh, one of the things I really want to brush up on are automating OSINT, as we like to call it. Uh, so, learning Python a little better, that type of stuff. Um, I know there's so many neat tools out there, uh, but again, because of my background, I don't I don't have that programming background. That, and I know it's a learnable skill, so that's on my list of things to get better at. I uh, definitely know how to do a lot of that, but um, I can definitely brush up on those skills for sure. So um, automating in a way like you want to um, um, uh, grab information or automating in a way that you uh, want to automate certain processes? Uh, yeah, just getting more comfortable with... Um, Sorry there, I cut you off there. I think uh, there's no, a little no, no. egg in the Go ahead, go ahead. Um, I would say not necessarily building tools. Like I don't want to recreate things, but there's like Recon NG um, or other tools out there, but learning more of the stuff that goes on the background of that, just to understand the tool. And then maybe someday trying to, you know, attempting to build something like that um, because I don't have the background. So that's where I would say like it's a... Uh, that's where uh, I would want to learn a little bit more about uh, that type of thing. Yeah, 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 understandable. And 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 if you have uh, have to name um, that number one tool you use on a daily basis, just as a tip for people, is there is there one or two maybe? Um, that's hard to say because it kind of depends on what you're working with. Um, I would say, you know, if it's something like if you're looking for capturing software, um, use things like Hunchly or Snagit, uh, which is another uh, good one. Um, but then there's tools. I mean, when it comes to websites, it really depends on do I have a person's name? Do I have a phone number? Um, of course, there's uh, we have tons of resources out there for those in the in the OSINT community. Um, I would say like if it was a business, it would be something like open corporates or um, looking at historical information, you know, the Wayback Machine is a great one as well. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Totally agree. Well, and one of the things that I had a question on, um, you've been doing OSINT and you have a, a public persona that of OSINT techniques. And, and really, I was just looking across your, your OSINTechniques.com website. You've got a huge number of resources there. Um, do you have any suggestions for people that are just getting started in OSINT, like focus on this, perhaps a video or something like that? I mean, just anything off the top of your head. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. Um, actually, so uh, Micah and I did this intro to OSINT video not too long ago that's posted on OSINT Curious. Of course, it's a, I believe, a 25-minute video on how you can start out with open source research. Uh, that's a question I get a lot. A lot of people will get uh, direct messages saying, hey, how do you start this whole open source thing? So um, 
if you want to pull that up, Micah, or uh, it is yeah. on the Ocean Curious uh, website. That's a, definitely a good starting point, I would say, for your research. Okay. And are there like tips, I, all kidding aside and all, you, you do have a lot of experience here. And, and I know that there's like some, some things that you can tell people to, to start out. I, if somebody said, hey, listen, I want to find out uh, something about a, a person on the internet, just can you highlight us like the top three things that you might tell them to do? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, initially, if someone says, hey, I have someone's name, my first question is, where are they from? Uh, you know, meaning what country, uh, due to privacy laws in Canada, we have quite strict privacy laws, so it's a little more difficult to find public information. Um, that's initially, like, the, same, the question I ask myself, you know, because um, if I know they're, say, from the U.S., where there's more public information... I'll know, hey, there's so many more resources or th this is where I would go if, if that target or that subject was from that area. Um, and are you looking for, sorry, did you ask for actual, uh, actual websites? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, that's fine. Oops. Uh, that, that's fine. Uh, just, uh, just, you know, the, the kind of tips, it, you know, the, uh, the, you know, using Google and then if you're looking up a person, you could do this and, and other yeah. stuff. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, just yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah, I would, like, for me, like, another thing that sticks out if it's more, uh, you know, if, if you say you don't know where they're from, um, of course, using advanced operators, um, using different search engines is huge. So I might use Google, but I might also use something like Cirix or Bing, that type of thing. Um, I, I find it's important to have variety when you're doing your searches um, and not just focus on the results from one search engine, for example. Cool. A uh, couple of things here. So the video is up on uh, the uh, screen right now being shared out. It's got over 2,000 views. So nice job. And it's called 202001 Introduction to OSINT. Like you said, it's on our, our channel. That's the Introduction to OSINT video. Now, uh, we do have, I think, Sector, you wanted to say something. We also have a question from Ginger T. Uh, Sector? Yeah, I was uh, raising my hand because we do have a question indeed. Ah, there you go. Uh, Ginger T, use the Q&A section. If you're dialed in into Zoom meetings, you can uh, leave your questions there. Um, question for Ritu. Um, about law enforcement in Canada, are they um, really up to speed in OSINT? Are they trying new things? Or Ginger T is uh, curious whether maybe you are just caught up uh, yeah so i mean it really depends um sorry i think you got cut off there yeah i think there's a delay you're up in canada it's you know not the, <laughs> it's the end of the world <laughs> we're using aol here it's it's you, tough yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean in ritu you know please if if uh, of course we're not trying to find out uh you know the secrets about the uh about the canadian um law enforcement or anything but just in general you know are you finding that you're pushing the the edge with some of the techniques that you're using or... yeah i think i mean and i don't want to speak for uh for sure i my my main thing is um, it really depends, obviously, you know, what agency or organization, but I feel uh, some are definitely pushing the envelope more, um, but it's, it's hard to, I, I wouldn't want to, uh, you know, make a comment about, you know, who's doing what or, you know, I definitely think that we have a presence out there and, um, you know, uh, there's just OSINT is a thing that I think part of any type of research investigation um, it, it can't be ignored anymore um, and it's one of those things that I would say I, I couldn't really say you know in particular to any agency but I would say definitely it's being it's being used and utilized and uh, different levels of course so it's hard to speak to that right now. Cool so let me ask you another question here the 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 Things that I find that interest me the most in OSINT, I, I usually gravitate towards those. Are there p 
parts of OSINT, like investigations or assessments that you really enjoy? Like, I know sectors are whiz at geolocation and chronolocation. I like usernames and enumerating those and writing some code stuff too. What, what, what gets you excited about OSINT? What's something that you like? Um, what gets exciting? Uh, I love email addresses. Hmm. How so? Um, I find, I mean, names are great, but unless you have a unique name, sometimes it can be difficult to pin down who you're looking for. Um, email addresses, I find there's, you know, a variety of ways that, that those connect to, say, social profiles um, or someone's online presence. And that part I get quite excited about because, you know, you can find links to, say, domains. Uh, if somebody has a registered domain, I find that exciting as soon as you find those connections and you start identifying those. Um, that's where I definitely, um, definitely do get excited. Cool. Dutch sector, more questions? Um, well, what I'm interesting, uh, because I have a background in law enforcement for years and I've done open source intelligence there. Um, is it so that in, in Canada, it's also like a, a full-time job because in law enforcement within the Netherlands, it was for ages was like, you had to do it, uh, at, aside your normal law enforcement job. And in my opinion, open source intelligence should be, uh, a full-time profession, especially when you want to do it good. Uh, how's, I don't know if you are uh, allowed to state something about those things, but is that similar or different? Um, I would say it's, again, it kind of depends on the organization and that type of thing, but I'd say it's a, definitely a full-time full -time thing, um, the way I've seen it as well, at least how, how I've been applying it for the last many years. Cool. That's good to hear. And uh, I have one final question here. Um, so you recently connected your name with your pseudonym, right? With your uh, Ritu Gill. And uh, I got to call you out on this, Ritu. Uh, <laughs> and and Nosin Techniques. Um, did you find, uh, how was that? Because I know that, Nico, you had an issue with this recently too. And other people, you know, hey, you're known as Dutch OSINT guy or OSINT techniques for a long time. And then it's like, ooh, it feels dirty to associate Nico with that. And yet you do it. So, so Ritu, what was your journey like from anonymity to, uh, to uh, anonymity? No, not anonymity. Uh, to, <laughs> to being well known as Ritu Gill. Uh, it was interesting because when I started this thing out, um, I was very, you know, I'm just using OSINT techniques. Uh, you know, um, I don't want my name associated to anything. Um, and then it was a little difficult for sure once I started coming out of that and trying to connect the dots. Um, I was, uh, you know, building up, I was building up this profile uh, associated to OSINT techniques for all these years. Um, and that knew, I knew at some point that would change. Um, and it was a little difficult because it was like, oh, okay, now I'm going to associate my name. Um, and then of course, like in the recent, the reactions online, oh, you're a girl and that type of stuff, <laughs> which was, uh, kind of entertaining. I was like, okay, yes. And you know, the comments about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a pot positive experience. I would say, uh, I'm happy to, you know, connect the dots for people that, Hey, OSINT techniques is Ritu and, um, yeah, it, it was it was just one of those things. Uh, eventually, I'm getting out there a little more, um, more active in the community. So that's another reason I wanted to uh, put the two and two together. Very cool. Very cool. Well, welcome to the world of being out of the OSINT closet. Um, yeah. It's a scary place out here. But, uh, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for making me feel welcome. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 all good stuff. So um, it's one of those things. Uh, I think you know, like anything, take baby steps, <laughs> and you see how it goes, and you see how you feel about it, and you yeah. you go from there. Cool. Yeah, you can always do a name change if it, if, it, if you don't like. I bet she exactly. has some other Twitter profiles already created just in case she wants to be anonymous. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, uh, so I have no more questions. Nico, Sector, any more questions no, for no. you? Two? No, thank you. Yeah, it was really, in I, I think it's really interesting to to have uh, another woman on board. And, and I, I, in my experience, uh, 
I've worked with almost only women when it comes to open source intelligence uh, in the Netherlands. And uh, I just find it so interesting to see the difference between men and women when it comes to tenacity and, and looking and the perspective on the world. For me, it's all had a, has a well, um, I've worked with a lot of women in law enforcement. And, and the funny thing is within Dutch law enforcement, I think the most uh, open source intelligence practitioners uh, are women, or at least the ones I ran into. And um, they have a different view on information and pivot points. So we see the same pivot point, but the way they exploit it, it's different. And I cannot name it specifically, but just the way they look at the world, probably just because we are different. It's so um, inspiring for me. And in general, I think um, the women I ran into doing in this field, they are more pit bullish than, um, than men are. They, they bite, they don't let go until they find the solution or the answer to their research question. And that's where the huge, the, for me, the biggest difference is. And I, I think listening to Redo, uh, I, I hear similar things. Which is good. Which is really good. Wow. All right. That's awesome. Well, yeah, that's really cool. Ritu, do you have any questions for us before we move on to like going through the news? Um, no, I think I'm, I'm good. Um, I actually read a quote I just wanted to mention recently. Yeah. Uh, and it just, I thought of just, you know, depending on what type of work you do, it says if all you're receiving for your work is a paycheck, you're being grossly underpaid. Um, and that kind of, what that kind of taught me was, you know, when you really have a passion for any topic like OSINT, um, I just find that's, you know, that's that pull to get you to that next step or that next level. Um, you definitely, when you have that passion and that's something I connect with, I feel there's so much out there to learn and it just gives you that motivation um, yeah. And it's important because when you're motivated, you're going to want to seek more information and, you know, uh, collect, you know, gather the different techniques and, you know, that's where you get your, from your experience, those are how you build up your, uh, build up your, your portfolio. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, a hundred percent agree. Uh, the, uh, the things that, that I, I found is that. A lot of people are doing OSINT for their work, but more often than not, at least the people that I see on Twitter are doing Twitter are doing OSINT because it's their passion or their curiosity. Uh, you know, people that are solving those wonderful quiz time things that Sector and other people put out are are solving them because they're curious. They want to see if they can figure this out and put those pieces that they've learned about into practice. Um, for the longest time, I did cyber things, uh, penetration testing and other stuff during the daytime hours. And then I felt like Batman because I'd come into my man cave and I would put on my cape. Don't laugh at me, Dutch, but I put on my OSINT cape. Yes, and spandex, I, spandex also, those. Yes, <laughs> there was spandex. Um, but I put on my OSINT cape in my, in my cowl and for like four hours or six hours at night, I would I would do OSINT because it was what I wanted to do. It was my passion, even though I wasn't getting paid for it. Um, and then um, I think that uh, that's something that's, that's really important is that even if you don't yeah. get paid to do OSINT, it's easy to do without it. I mean, uh, as long as you'd have the time. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Excellent. Well, Ritu, thank you so much for being our special guest today. The timing worked out very well. And I would like to invite you to stick around and we're going to be talking about the news now and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the, some of the topics of the day. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for being on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the news. Now, the first thing we're going to start out with is some of our stuff. I want to thank uh, one new sponsor, one new contributor, uh, the Penrose Corporation uh, contributed via our Patreon. And we'd like to thank them for, for sponsoring yeah. us uh, through their donations and uh, thank all of the people and companies that have given to help yes. keep us running. Very appreciated. Yeah, very appreciated. Now, speaking of timely things, Ginger T, who happens to be on the show um, now as, a, as one of our participants, uh, 
just tweeted out, I'd say about 15 minutes before the show, I was watching, uh, tweeted out something about this, about his journey into the world of OSINT. I'd like to just bring this up real quick. It's a great blog. It's, it is about five minutes to read. For me, it was like 10 because I'm a slow reader. Um, but he talks about how he got into OSINT, but also about how to set up systems, about phones, about sock puppets, about other things. It's, it's, uh, it's really a neat kind of all-in-one uh, package about, about him. So, so thank you for sharing. It, it takes a lot of courage for us to, especially in the world of OSINT and privacy, to share bits of ourselves so that other people can learn from them. So thank you. Appreciate yeah, that, Ginger. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Moving on to a tweet from Gonzo's Int. Yeah. Maybe Gonzo's International? You may, Did, you may get. Yeah. Nico, or does anybody want to uh, talk about this? Well, um, he came up in my Twitter timeline, and he is very active in the ocean community, especially in the ocean team, uh, Gonzo. Uh, but I found this one really interesting because um, I like to search for SSIDs, and and I I like to play around with those ESPs and all that kind of stuff to do uh, uh, Wi-Fi geolocating. Mm -hmm. And this gave me some new pivot points and also some new information on. Uh, uh, websites that collect SSIDs for uh, open source intelligence purposes. So um, he made a fantastic Google dork and he um, shared it based off uh, Sector's uh, OSINT quiz. It's basically, that gave him the inspiration and this gave me a new, uh, new inspiration to dig even deeper in uh, the whole world of um, SSIDs and geolocating them to a specific place. So. Uh, it's just a good dork, which you can be aware of if you are looking for or to locate a specific uh, modem or router to a specific street or address or location. So, um, yeah, you can play around with those. It's just same like Weigel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Delomas created and wrote a blog post for us about Wi-Fi. I wrote a blog post first and curious about Wi-Fi and stuff. And what I'm finding is that more and more sites out there, like the ones that Gonzo mentioned, um, also this small company named Google, not sure if yeah. you've heard of them, <laughs> they have this geolocation API. And I use it for my untapped watch, untapped um tracker application to track people that drink beer and all. I've presented on that many times. I use it to just resolve an address to a latitude and longitude. But uh, one of the guys that's in, uh, actually one of the SANS instructors that I was hanging out with said, hey, did you know that they actually, you can search by the BSSID in Wi-Fi access points too? Because you remember back in 2010 when Google had all their cars driving yeah. around and, and uh, sniffing wireless? Yeah, they actually allow us to gain access to it, to via their API. The Google API does cost money. It's like you invest and then they will debit from that if you reach a certain amount of money uh, that they, they need to remove it. Otherwise, it's, it's essentially free, but you do have to register for their API. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now, Nico, you also talked about this uh, username lookup site, namecheckup.com. Yeah. Yeah, I was literally uh, up updating my own personal bookmarks and um, I was looking for the uh, the name check one and I was Googling for uh, additional uh, new resources and I literally came across name checkup and it has over 270 sources in there which uh, could in potential, uh, well, be tied to your person of interest or at least the user handle or name of interest not uh yeah you need to verify or falsify it anyway but it you just type in a username and it will say hey i found this username here and here and here and here and here so and did you find it to be quite accurate because i know that some of these have yeah. a huge amount of false positives well some have this automated uh ping 200 so we have this name but when you end up up the page it's not there it's just because technically under the hood it says yes i can ping back but in general i think 80 percent is accurate dish yeah so 
and it was just another one. And, yeah. and, and like I preach, um, exhaust your resources. This is another resource to exhaust. So now you have another username checkup tool. So, and this um, has a lot of sources which all the other name checkup tools do not have. So that by itself is a win in my opinion. Yeah. Ritu, have you ever played around with this site, namecheckup.com? Um, I saw that Nico posted about it, so I checked it out. Um, I always like to see kind of what's out there. Uh, I know Noam. It's similar to Noam.com and yeah. um, some of the other ones out there. But, yeah, I, I just I wanted to make sure it was working. I haven't or used it a ton, but I did check it out. Okay. I, Mike, I just think it's a really good source to enhance your own tool. Mm, oh, my tool? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I have the What's My Name project, which works a little different. Well, it works similarly, but is more transparent and all. And it's something that I have to keep up. And people like Sector have also helped keep me up and, and other people and keep the, the open source project up to date. Uh, it's a constant shifting thing. Um, but yeah, it'll be a whole bunch of sites that we can now check. Now, these techniques, just so you know, um, the, the name check, the user check, most of them work because uh, people's usernames are found in the URL. So like twitter.com slash webbreacher. My webbreacher name is in the URL. And if you look back at, at some of the, the things that I moused over here or on some of these sites, in general, the username is in the URL. There are some websites out there like emailrep.io and some other ones which seek to tie accounts together using other things like... Uh, the hash of a profile picture or other stuff. So um, this is kind of interesting. It's another resource out there for you to explore, find the pros and the cons, and decide if you want to use it. Yeah. What about this one? New thing. Uh, this is, uh, I can't even pronounce this, Zor Zorzkov, uh, X0RZKOV, uh, de-anonymizing Tor circuits from HackerFactor.com. Have you all checked this out? Yeah, I've checked it out. Uh, actually, it was uh, Laurent Bodo pointing it out to me, and he knows I have this particular interest for Tor-related things. So um, I um, read it, and it's a little bit technical for some people probably, but it's uh, a good read-up on how uh, the Tor... Um, traffic between A and B or between certain connections can be de-anonymized by certain techniques. So now the uh, techniques, a, the techniques that they used are very technical. It's, it's not just like, Hey, you, you run this tool and it, it says, no. Oh, that's yeah. IP address. This they're talking about modifying the Tor client and other things. Um, it is very technical, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for me, this is, um, uh, not for me to, uh, maybe do it self on a technical level, but it's open source intelligence in the way of, I gather new insights on possibilities and opportunities. So if I need to consult someone or give someone advice, uh, I'd say, well, these are possibilities. We can go look for someone who has the technical skill level to, uh, make this happen. So this is, also for me where open source intelligence comes in, you learn, uh, especially on ad academic research papers on new possibilities or Yeah, techniques. new people that are moving the yeah. field forward, right? Yeah. Neat. All right, let's keep going. Yes. We have combing through your video faster using Defer and OSINT skills. This is another uh, guest blog post on OSINT Curious by Jeff Lomas, Blue Bloodhound, Blue Bloodhound on Twitter. Uh, this was an interesting thing. I know that we have a good bunch of people like Josh Huff uh, and Jeff and other people that are defer people that are doing open source intelligence on the data that they dump from phones or mobile devices or or other systems and looking them up in the in the uh, in the world. And uh, Jeff goes through using Magnet uh, Mag Magnet's acquire an Axiom product to uh, do some OSINT here and scrape information from YouTube. Um, he uses the YouTube downloader, which is a common tool for retrieving content from not just YouTube, but from other sites as well. And it's kind of neat. Yeah, I found it really interesting because I do not have that defer background and it, it 
it gives me those new ideas. You see these light, light bulbs immediately lighting up above my head. Oh, new possibilities. That's yeah. basically what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, it's broadening like your range of what the possible is, and and then you know that hey, if you wanted to, I, I that's why one of the reasons why I love giving attribution to people when they when I have uh, when I've learned a technique from them is that you know I'm not the expert, I'm somebody that uses this technique, and and if you want to know more, go talk to Jeff about it, and he can actually explain more. So, that's, yeah, exactly. Maybe we should get him on. Hey, great idea. I'm writing that down in my notes. All right. Um, next thing is something that I intelligence, uh, the I intelligence Twitter account uh, went ahead and sent out. This is about 50 cognitive biases in the modern world. And, and it's actually an uh, um, image from the visual capitalist. Now, I've gone ahead and downloaded it here. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to share this out. Yeah, I'll try to share this out. Um, and I've downloaded it here there it is i'll just show it to you my snag it um and it's kind of neat it, it's a very quick uh chart if you will uh that shows all the different types of bias that we can bring into thing everything from like things like the halo effects to false consensus curse of knowledge and then they organize it by based up based upon uh what type of bias this is whether it's social belief money politics i believe i had to register or give them an email address putting that in quotes in order to get this graphic uh but it, it really was neat and I, I would love to get a copy and just put it on my wall and um, go ahead and uh, just refer to it out now every now and then. Yeah, it's always good to be aware of the biases you have or do not have or not aware of. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on from bias to Kobe Bryant. Uh, recently, Kobe Bryant and his daughter and several other people were killed in a helicopter crash in California. And there is a video, an OSINT video that somebody, or a video that uses OSINT that somebody created that kind of puts all the pieces together. Uh, this uh, person, uh, Wolficorn, uh, went ahead and created information based upon flight radar data from flight radar 24 put in google earth and as you move through the thing they show you more and more information including things like the uh, aerial charts and stuff and maps that that are in google earth nico ritu have you seen this have you thought about using these tools well, I, I've it, I found this one, and what I really found interesting is this: people are making these videos, um, trying to explain what happens uh, in this tragical uh, incident. Not even, probably not even being aware that we are calling this open source intelligence, and it basically tells the story about the last minutes they took in their helicopter of their experience in their flight just because of the KML file which you can download from flight radar and you can overlay it with uh, some other aerial sources so in general I think this is again really interesting just um, how easy nowadays it is to reconstruct uh, an incident and a flight path uh, just by grabbing open information and putting it together as a whole story. So um, if you want answers on how the last minutes of this uh, this helicopter flight ended, you can basically just grab the information and plot it on Google Maps and make a movie of it and re-experience the flight, which yeah. could also give you uh, additional insight in the incident itself. Yeah, and I think that's what they did here. Is they exported the information from Flight Radar 24, imported it into Google Earth, not Google Maps, but Google Earth, and then uh, went ahead and did a virtual flyover. Since the altitude of the helicopter was known, and the or the elevation, whatever of the helicopter, yeah, it was altitude of the helicopter was known, and the location, uh, you could actually replay the track of that helicopter and. Um, really interesting now i did just read about that's really uh, interesting yeah go ahead just to see how some of the 
Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it was quite, that is interesting. The reconstruction of, you know, kind of how everything went down. Um, I was going to just mention for those that might be beginners to flight tracking. I know Bellingcat has this uh, article that they wrote last year, I believe. It's called a beginner's guide to flight tracking. If anybody wants to learn more, just thought I'd mention that. Thanks, Richie. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention, I think it was Nix Intel, not sure about this, um, but I just saw a blog post or, or something that was talking about the different, I think it was Nix Intel, where he was talking about uh, trying to solve a recent, uh, yeah. one of these recent uh, quiz time things, and he downloaded the data from uh, Flight Radar and Flight Tracker or something, and he compared them to find out the exact precise time when a plane was in a certain place. And what he found is that there were discrepancies uh, for the, between those two services, between when the, the plane actually landed, where it was. Um, so ADSB, while we look at it and go, wow, this is where the helicopter was, it may not be as accurate as we think it is. It depends on a lot of things, especially if the site that we get the data from is filtering or otherwise altering the data. Um, so just, we always have to think about that stuff. Now we have the Mouth of Morrison Twitter account. Joe Morrison tweeted out this uh, pretty interesting flowchart on how to find the most recent satellite imagery anywhere on Earth. And this is of uh, specific importance to people like Laurent Bodo and Ben uh, Brown, and uh, I'm sorry, Ben Strick, uh, who goes by the Twitter handle, Bendo Brown, uh, and other people that are looking for free or low cost or even paid satellite imagery. This flowchart, which is available on the web or on azavia.com, I'm going to butcher that name. Uh, it was kind of interesting to see the different options that are available and what are the different uh, reasons why you might use one or the other. Yeah, nice flowchart indeed. Yeah. yeah, what I found really interesting, uh, on the bottom, in the middle, there's open aerial map. There yeah. are people that use the drones to capture photos and videos, and they plot it on a map. And you can get some seriously cool stuff there. Absolutely. Huh? It, it's worth a view, like a uh, resolution of two, three meters uh, per pixel or even lower, like wow. two, three centimeters per pixel it's just craziness really check it out okay open aerial map is something uh is yeah, that but but i think a lot of coverage though but it, it's growing it's it, i think it's growing really fast and that's from people that have flown their drones or quadcopters over an area taken the images and then uploaded that that track and uploaded those images to some fan or or fun sharing site yes yes correct all right Cool. Thank you. Now, while I've got you on here, Sector, uh, we did want to mention that uh, the Trace Labs organization just completed its third global CTF, and they maxed out the number of contestants at 400 people, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, wow. And Sector, you were one of those people that participated, yep. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, together with Gonzo, uh, Sala Heldinas, and... Oh, who was number four? I'm sorry. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, uh, we have a team of four, and yeah, I can't wait for uh, for the next installment. It is just, it's a really good organization. They handle everything really well. Amazing how fast they work in the back end uh, to process all the hints and the leads that uh, that people find. And yeah, I really hope there's going to be some uh, some good info uh, for law enforcement to find people. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah, and, and for those of you that don't know, Trace Labs is an organ. It's a nonprofit up in Canada that conducts these missing persons capture the flags, where they work with law enforcement to find missing people that have been officially reported and have cases that have uh, that are in the public domain, if you will, and then they provide us participants the ability to find open source intelligence information or social media intelligence information about these organ these people submit it to their capture the flag scoreboard and get points for those tips that we submit you submit enough tips and you can win 
but every single tip that you send in could be something that helps law enforcement to locate and otherwise help these people. So a great cause, a terrific event, and um, they continue to do some great work. Ritu, you were also at, at one of these missing person CTFs, right? You saw yeah. this, not the global one, but uh, another one, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I was a volunteer judge at the global CTF as well. Nice. Um, and that was good. But also, uh, previously with SANS, uh, that was a really nice event. Um, so, yeah, I've experienced being a, judge, a volunteer judge uh, for two of the events. And again, like you said, an excellent cause. And for those that want to test out their skills, um, some fun to be had as well. Um, and uh, yeah, lots of tips came in for the one, uh, the, the global CTF. Um, yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a fun event. Well, I think it's, it's an interesting point that you just brought up there that, that if you want to practice your skills, and you brought this up earlier during our interview, that, that in open source intelligence, practicing your tradecraft is actually not hard. You, there are a huge number of targets out there, whether it's pictures, videos, or other bits of information to analyze that you can just figure out, hey, where does this person live? Or, or where was this picture taken? I know Josh Huff was ta telling me about how he likes to take those Airbnb postings and then try to figure out if he can find the exact house that 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 is uh, the Airbnb host, just for fun, just to practice the skills, get hands-on into the content. Um, so yeah, neat way, place where that people can do it and do some OSINT for good at Trace Labs. Trace Labs also has a Slack here that anybody can join, even if you're not doing the OSINT CTFs. It, there are lots and lots of people on there talking about great information, tracelabs.slack.com. Let's go ahead and head over to Serge Courier, um, or Courier, sorry, uh, at S-E-C-O-U, who is uh, somebody that's on Twitter. I saw this and I was like, yeah, this is finally coming to pass. So BooleanStrings.com is one of those researcher or, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, recruiter or sourcer uh, websites. They have a huge amount of information about how to find people. And what they did is they started using Google Maps to pull up accountants in a certain area. And then they would use the instant data scraper Google Chrome plugin to harvest all that information. I was like, yeah, I love that instant data scraper. What a neat way to apply it. Have you all played with it, Nico? Well, with instant data scraper, I've, I played, but not particularly with Google Maps, but the instant data scraper I use very regularly. Yeah. And this is essentially what it does. It pulls this content right here on the left-hand side of the screen from just a accountant near Manhattan. And then it puts it in a nice CSV or XLS for free, which is amazing. And you've now harvested what Google knows. Yeah. Nice, nice. tool. Hope it doesn't go paid. That we'll just find the JSON in the back end. That's <laughs> right. We'll make it ourselves, right? Yep. I love the way you think. So resilient. And now we have this guy named Dutch Osent guy. He created a 10 minute tip for us on searching for stuff. Uh, Google, uh, Google, ah, Nico. Yeah. I'm gonna start calling you Google from now on. It was uh, 11 minutes and nine seconds. Yeah, what the heck, okay. man, it's a 10 minute tip. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But there's time expansion because you're over there on that side of the world. Yeah, and lag in account and all this kind of... No, um, <laughs> I, I made this one because um, uh, a lot of people struggle with LinkedIn, uh, particularly on, on seeing information from accounts and especially with the operational security risks that can be involved when looking at uh, LinkedIn profiles. So I wanted to make a 10 minute tip and uh, it shows you uh, in a few basic steps how you can view uh, a LinkedIn page by copy and pasting uh, the direct URL into a uh, the mobile friendly viewer of uh, Google search engine, the, the test site and how you can then in the next step make that HTML not so pretty 
human readable code pretty again and read it again. And there are other steps to do this, but I wanted to make this one um, a uh, visually uh, good, understandable for everybody, so not too technical. And I did not want to show the because people have been pointing me towards yeah you could have also done this by doing this to Google Translate yes correct mm -hmm. it can be done to Google Translate but in my experience even when you translate an English language page into Google Translate it sometimes will alter the content and I did not want to have a content altered and this uh, and with this method I'm 100% sure that the content will not be altered. So this is just a tip to view uh, LinkedIn page. Thanks, Nico. Yeah, and, uh, and one of the things that I wanted to just point out there is that the, the technique you used hopefully will not go away. It's the Google Mobility Test uh, application. That actually can be used in not just LinkedIn. Uh, again, this is just another tool for your toolbox, but it can be used to go ahead and look at any URL that allows Google access, but will not allow you access without you creating an account. So LinkedIn is a great example, but um, there are some newspaper websites that allow Google to index stuff, but don't allow us to get in unless we have uh, registered for a free account. Uh, we can use this technique there. On some other places, uh, other social media sites, we can do the same. It's, I, th I think it's really interesting to try and find out in what way they work. Do they look at IP address or maybe mm -hmm. just a referrer in the header? Uh, hmm. It is, is most likely the IP address because we can actually change the user agent. We can inject an yep. HTTP referrer in there. Yep. And some sites are just looking at the user agent. If you pretend to be Googlebot or Bingbot, they'll let you right in. But nowadays what I'm seeing is a corroboration of IP address as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, your mileage may vary. Some sites are just going to do a uh, user agent, in which case you can use like user agent switcher or one of the other switchers to change to Googlebot. Or sometimes when that doesn't work, you can go ahead and use this. Yeah. Well, you know why I bring it up. If you look at my avatar, I love pretending to be someone else. So. <laughs> yes, you do. Let's take a look at something that Laurent Bodo uh, went ahead and uh, posted a free course on how to spot mis- and disinformation online, which is a huge part of, well, our OSINT jobs nowadays. This is uh, a course by Reuters, uh, Reuters News Agency, sponsored by Facebook. Now, doesn't that make you a little bit suspicious right off the bat? I mean, it's, it's a course on disinformation from Facebook or sponsored by Facebook. Um, I think that's, I mean, I, I really wonder what's in it. I, I haven't checked on it. Have you, any of you, Ritu, Nico, Sector, have you looked no. at this? No, no, not at all. I haven't had time, but I, I do have an opinion on the Facebook journalism project because I have been in contact with uh, people who work there and they are... Um, really, really making good ethical efforts on um, countering disinformation campaigns and all that kind of stuff. So uh, okay. that's actually a really good project that's going on there. Yeah. Cool. Well, I look forward to reading this and or going through the course and seeing what I can learn. Then we have one, a post by one of our sponsors, uh, OSINT Combine. OSINT Combine's website has a huge amount of resources out there. And what he just did, uh, Chris Poulter did, uh, was he created OSINT bookmarks, kind of like what FOSA has uh, or uh, IV Machiavelli, whatever you want to call him. He has a list of bookmarks that you can download from GitHub. Here we have bookmarks that we can download from the OSINT Combine website. And when you download it, you import it into your browser, and then it's it's essentially the OSINT links type of thing where there are bookmarks that he's organized into his favorite categories and folders, and now it's in your browser. Okay. Yeah. It was a nice set. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice and easy. All right. Well, that is all the news that's fit to print. Um, how about if we move into shameless self-promotion? We just have like three or four of them here. Uh, and all of them seem to center around Nico. I'm not sure why, but they do. <laughs> I'm, Nico? I'm busy, I guess. Yes, uh, you are. 
Uh, I just want to say I'm um, hooked up with uh, Aware Online. Um, we are uh, doing a training, uh, the Module 1 training on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of April in Amsterdam. It's the OSINT Module 1 beginner training. So um, it's in English. So if you want to join, please join. And uh, on top of that, I will be doing two uh, workshops, one-day workshops about uh, Google. Um, and I will, it's in Dutch. I will tell you um, what Google is all about, how the algorithms work, how Google under the hood is trying to manipulate your search results, uh, how we can leverage uh, Google Dorks and all the stuff, and how we can monitor our, our searches. So... If you want to join me there, it's the 20th of March and the 18th of May. Nice. And might as well and, put this in as the hat trick, as the trifecta. Yes, and the 18th of February, I'll be doing a talk at the Open Source Intelligence Summit in Alexandria, the States, uh, as well as doing the Ocean Curious panel live um, with you and uh Kirby will be there, um, and I think some other Ocean Curious, at least a lot of Ocean think, Curious people will be there. Yeah, so that's something that I wanted to mention. So we've got a bunch of really great talks at the Ocean Summit. Uh, Chris Poulter, we just mentioned Ocean Combine. We have Heather, Honey, uh, Dr. Heron Hayes, uh, Christina Licati, who had a really neat uh, talk that she's going to be talking about about social media uh, Beowulf who we talk about all the time Josh Huff and Will uh, who's talking about sock pup creation and sock puppet creation and his experiences with that um, The oh, and Matt Edmondson guy who made some really cool tools and it's just an awesome dude in and of himself um, one thing I wanted to mention is that at the OSINT Summit next um, two, a week from this Tuesday on the 18th, we will be doing a special live version of our OSINT Curious podcast, and we'll be doing it in front of the audience there at the OSINT Summit. And what we're going to be doing is hopefully, hoping the networking is, is good and strong and powerful, we're going to be doing our normal event where we allow anybody from around the world to come in and be in our audience. But what we're going to be doing is taking questions from the audience, and we're going to be doing a recap of everything that we talked about or that people talked about and shared at the OSINT Summit. Now, some of you are going to ask, hey, well, are these talks recorded? Yes, they're going to be recorded. Yes, they're going to be pushed to the internet for free. So stand by. So what we'll be doing is in the next week or so, we'll be publishing a special OSINT Curious link for a special OSINT Curious webcast that is happening on the 18th of February. Watch for that in our Twitter and you can log in. Unfortunately, it's going to be starting, as you can see, at five o'clock Eastern time US, which puts it at a lot of your bedtimes. But stay up. Uh, of course, it'll be recorded, and we'll put that out on our YouTube channel when we get it. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Nico, yeah. Ginsburg, uh, myself, Kirby are going to be there. I think Turbush is going to be there and some other people that you may have heard us mention. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking yeah. very much forward to it. Yeah. Um, so one other thing I will mention, sans.org slash sec487. Uh, my SANS class is doing well, and I can't say anything right now, but I have a really cool announcement that I'm going to be able to talk about in one more week uh, about the four, sec487. Um, myself, Nico, uh, Josh Huff, uh, Jennifer, Jeff Lomas, and other people are teaching it all around the world. Lots of space available and Ritu where can people find you on the internet or in the coming days weeks uh, okay well my online presence um, I'm most active on Twitter um, <clears throat> as you mentioned already um, and I would say my website osinttechniques.com uh, or sorry, my, I should mention my Twitter handle, OSINT Techniques, and yep. then my website, OSINTTechniques.com. Um, you'll find me on like LinkedIn as well, um, but Twitter is my main game right now. Cool. Thank you, and thank you so much for being on this, in this uh, episode with us, and looking forward to you being a, a regular voice on our pro podcast here. Yeah. Thanks and so much. Happy to be here, and thanks yeah. for the warm-up. You are most welcome. And Sector, where can people find you or what's something uh, interesting that you want to share with everybody? Well, 
12 hours from now, regular week in Ocent. Um, lots of cool stuff. Some of the things we've seen on this webcast, some really cool new stuff that um, got my attention this week. And no self-promotion, Sector035 on Medium, Twitter, and wherever you can find me. Very cool. Well, thank you to Sector, Nico, Ritu, and all of our panel, our attendees uh, for this wonderful episode of Ocean Curious podcast, webcast. I have been your host, Michael Hoffman, and I wanted to remind you all to stay, stay Ocean, Ocean Curious. That's right. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care.